Morning, everyone. Glad to see everybody took an opportunity to come out this morning. And we know that the roads are bad in some places, but hopefully all that uh, left out to come to church this morning arrive safely. And I know like most of you, we're all excited to hear what Roger's got to say today. It's a, he shared with me a few things before when he was in the hospital of what the Lord had put upon his mind. And uh, I know that we're going to be blessed today because we're here. I have a couple announcements. The first one is that there'll be no class tonight. And I might just keep the Perkins family in your prayers also because... His wife went to uh, have her hair done and come to find out the hairdresser, her family has COVID and she might have it. So they're going to stay away for a few days just to make sure everything's good there. And there's a card in the back for Jim Bob Sanders. He's not doing real well, so I just ask that everybody might sign that card and let him know you're thinking about him. If you would have been here for morning worship this morning, you would have heard a wonderful worship. And they started to steal part of my thunder here, but I want to use the same scripture as part of what they had used. And this is out of the book of John, chapter 4, verses 25 and 26. And the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh so to worship him. For unto such hath God promised his spirit, and they who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Let's open our hymnals to uh, number 154. We'll stand and I'll bring an opening prayer.
gracious Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we invite thy Holy Spirit to abide with us this day. And we would ask, Heavenly Father, a blessing upon our brother Roger as he stands here this day, that you would shore him up and grant him the words to say that would be a blessing unto us and bring honor and glory to your holy name. And we pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Scripture comes from section 76 from Doctrine and Covenants. Thus saith the Lord concerning all those who know my power and have been make, made partakers thereof and let themselves through the power of the devil to be overcome and to deny the truth and defy my power. They are they who are the sons, and I might say sons and daughters of perdition, whom I have said, there is no forgiveness in this world nor in the world to come, having denied the Holy Spirit, the only ones on whom the second death shall have any power. Yea, verily, the only ones who shall not be redeemed in the due time of the Lord. The Father saves all the works of his hands except those sons of perdition. Wherefore he saves all except them and they shall go away into everlasting punishment with the devil and his angels in eternity. Let's turn to him, 184. <coughs>
the pretty young girl sitting next to Sharon is my great niece. Her name is Gracie. She's been here one time before in her life. She doesn't remember it because she was one year old and she was blessed right up here. Maybe that's the reason you're so pretty and smart because we get to ask favors from God when someone is cared for enough that in this case, your dad brought you to the church to have you blessed. He can give you vitamins. He can buy clothes and toys for you. Anyone can do that. But some people have a heart big enough that they want to bring their child and place them before the Lord. Because you was an ugly little baby, and then all of a sudden, look how pretty you are. See what that blessing did for you? See what that did? 11 years ago, you were blessed on him. Sharon has said that my sermons, one of her complaints, are that they're choppy, disconnected. And Alex, he and I always uh, tried to better each other and recently told me that there were some transitions that I had that needed help, you know, going from one subject to the next. And yesterday in the kitchen, I was talking to Sharon about today's message, and I mentioned to her saying, I'm having trouble with getting from seven devils to a blind boy riding a pony. How do you transition that? <clears throat> so you can grade it however you want, but at least you have to give an E for effort because I've tried. Now, we've all heard that expression, uh, the fight or flight response that the human body has that happens instantly. You know, uh, we hear um, a loud noise, such as a gunshot or a car crash or a grizzly bear roaring and charging at you. There are things that happen to the mind and body instantly when survival is at risk. We've got this instinctive alarm in us. And even before we can realize what the sound is, a signal flashes to the brain by the auditory nerve. And then neurons pass the information onto just certain parts of the brain. And a cascade of changes happens immediately. We don't do any conscious thought of it. It just happens. And a few of those cascade of changes are the chemistry of our blood changes so as it will coagulate more easily. And at the same time, blood vessels constrict so that if we are injured, we bleed less. Blood pressure and heart rate increase for that fight or flight response. And a slew of hormones surge through us and giving our muscles this bionic boost. We've seen people that lift up the corner of cars for someone to get out from under it. This bionic boost, and I know, CH, I know you've seen this in your past. Dean, you've seen this in your past, right? When I was in Boy Scouts, our scout leaders took great pleasure in just scaring us to death. They'd take us on night hikes and excursions and they'd have it orchestrated to scare us. And it was a fun thing. They got great pleasure out of it. And one certain night, there was a fat boy in the Boy Scout troop and they scared all of us. And I was running down the gravel road or gravel pathway. But that heavyset boy, he was more than heavyset. It terrified him. And he received that bionic boost. And I promise you, he ran past me like I was running in place. 
And I remember as he was disappearing on down into the darkness, looking at his legs and wondering, how is he moving his legs so fast? If the Lord in our wonderfully and fearfully made body allows us all of this for body protection, then surely that we have had given to us ways of spiritual battle protection, such as the discerning of spirits. For I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and a sound mind, the helmet, the sword, the breastplate, the armor of God, a slew of ways for spiritual survival. Now, I know the New Testament says that the Lord chose the time of our lives and the bounds of our habitation. And Gracie, that means that the Lord chose the day you would be born. He also chose where you would live. And I've in the past, I have wondered and haven't known if we had any part of choosing before we were physically born. And perhaps you've been the same. Have you wondered ever, did we have part of choosing? So what does the scripture say on that matter? This is Alma 965, and it is Alma the second, or Alma the younger, and it's whether we uh, choose to accept priesthood or not, and whether we choose to be members of the church or not. And this is the manner after which they were ordained, being called and prepared from the foundation of the world. We were prepared for ordination from the foundation of the world. In the first place, being left to choose good or evil. Therefore they having been they, therefore they having chosen good and exercising exceeding great faith are called with a holy calling, yea, a preparatory redemption. And thus they have been called to this holy calling, while others would reject the Spirit of God, on account of the hardness of their hearts and blindness of their minds. While if, they, if it had not been for this, they might have had as great privilege as their brethren. Or in fine, in the first place, they were on the same standing with their brethren. So we choose before we're born, if we're going to allow ourselves to be priesthood, for the rest of our lives and eternity. We choose if we're going to let the Spirit of God call us to be a member of his church. You don't have to worry anymore about, oh, did we have any input of our life before we were born? Scripture plainly tells us from the foundation of the world we chose and that choosing goes until our last breath. If we were to do a survey and ask the public to choose between the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Eden, or Zion, most people don't know what Zion is. And so they would choose the Garden of Eden. You know, that's a nice plush place where everything was rosy and wonderful, everything given to you on a silver platter. Your beds were real soft and all of that. 
But let's compare the two, the Garden of Eden versus Zion. In the garden, there was death. In Zion, there will be life. In the garden was paradise lost. Zion is paradise regained. In the garden, there was Satan, the beguiler. In, the, in Zion, there is the one that is faithful and true, the Savior. In the garden, they were naked. In Zion, clothed in righteousness. In the garden, they were hiding from God. And in Zion, we shall see Christ face to face. In the garden, there was sorrow. In Zion, it says there will be no more sorrow, and God will wipe all tears from our eyes. In the garden, the ground became cursed and, and brought forth thorns and briars. And in Zion, it will be bountiful. And if you go to the place named Bountiful in Independence, Missouri, and look at their gardens, I saw tomato plants up there that looked like it was out of a cartoon. They were so heavily laden with tomatoes. And I got to looking at that and I asked, it was Ralph Damon's garden. I said, Ralph, have you done anything to those? You know, I was expecting him to say all this certain kind of fertilizers. And no, I just watered them. It made me wonder why I'm even trying to grow them at home. Cursed ground to bountiful gardens. In the Garden of Eden was the tree of life that had the forbidden fruit. In Zion's the tree of life, and it says, come and partake of the fruit that's most desirable of all. In the Eden, they were driven out, and Zion beckons us unto it. Have the eyes of people become adjusted to the darkness in what we want? Can we see to come to the altar of God? How many times in our life have we gone to fickle wants, altars of temporary wants? A lot of people are going to say, I don't want to be made to come to any altar. But I do know this. There is a freedom found in voluntary submission. We may be beat into submission, but there is a freedom found when that submission is voluntary. When we cease and assist, freedom from lesser altars that bind and hinder our lives, freedom when we cease, cease struggling against the flowing call of Christ, freedom when we assist in the Lord's work. You see, a person has two spirits. The first one is the one that we're born with. Plainly stated in the scripture, everybody has a portion of that Holy Spirit. The second spirit is one that we must grow. And we increase it or we let it diminish. The fruits of the spirit. See, fruits of the spirit are different than gifts. Gifts are given from God and we are born with them. Fruits must be on an incline or diminished. Choose. It's part of that choosing from the foundation of the world to our last breath. Choose. Lazarus, the friend whom Jesus raised from the dead, you know, he was a real person. 
And we don't know a lot about him. In a nutshell, it is that he was the brother of Mary and Martha. He was a friend of Jesus. He's sent by the Christ, as far as we know, only one time to eat. And the Jews wanted to kill Lazarus also. Because of him, others were believing in the Christ. And when he was in the cave, when he was dead physically, he heard his name called out, Lazarus, come forth. Did you ever wonder what Lazarus may have said in the following years? Do you think his fruits of the Spirit stayed the same? Do you think they increased? Or do you think they, he may have let them diminish? What did he say in those years following? And just as sure as Lazarus' name was called, the Savior still calls us. A voice rings out with our name. Can we respond as favorably as did Lazarus? Will our fruits increase or diminish? While in the hospital, nigh unto death, there were many things, both good and bad, many things holy and many things hideous that ran through my mind. But this one scene played vividly in thought, and then perhaps it was a hallucination, was it a vision, but I want to call it a waking dream. And we'll start off by reading out its Mosiah, and it's around 190. Uh, Mosiah 11, around 190, a little before and a little after. And this is Alma the Younger, or Alma the Second, after being visited by the angel, and he fell into that coma for two days. And then after the friends of his father, Alma the Senior, or Alma the First, they fasted and prayed for two days. Having been Redeemed of the Lord, behold, I am born of the Spirit. Marvel not that all mankind, yea, men and women, all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people must be born again. And this I know, because I was like to be cast off. And nevertheless, after waiting through much tribulation, Repenting nigh unto death. The Lord in mercy hath seen fit to snatch me out. I was in the darkest abyss, but now I behold the marvelous light of God. The darkest abyss. The scene that played in my mind was plain to see. It was a large cavern, a cavern that had the ability to hold every soul that was ever born. And it was much smaller and much darker at the back. And the only light that was allowed in came through from the outside of the large entrance. And while I was nigh unto death, I heard, I heard my name called. I heard your name called. I heard, and every name is called from time to time. Some answered and increased their fruits until their last days. Some answered and came out only to return to that cavern again later on. And some would not respond 
ignored the calling of their name and purposely stayed at the back of that darkest abyss, the sons and daughters of Zion, or sons and daughters of perdition. Our response when we hear our name called, our response is chiseled in stone. A lot of times people don't like to hear this, but what is the second strongest power in the universe? Thank you. Satan, the second strongest power in the universe. So much so that even the angels will not rail against him. And whether you are a lady or a gentleman, saint or sinner, Satan is a jillion times more difficult to overcome than one time for us saying or singing, Jesus loves me and we're all going to go to heaven. Satan is a whole lot stronger than that. Now, we've all seen these paintings and carvings showing the hideous monster of Satan. A lot of times, you know, we've seen him painted red, perhaps having a split hoof, a tail, and horns. All of them depicting him as an ugly monster. Well, what does the scripture say of him? Ezekiel 28 says that Lucifer was full of beauty, had wisdom, and was one of the honored angels. The paintings, the hideous statues are incorrect. They're just scare tactics. And they began about 800 AD when the church was in full apostasy. Those things came out. Never, not one place, does it ever read through the scriptures that he lost his beauty. Second Corinthians in the New Testament says that he still can be viewed as an angel of light. And there are some accounts that detail him as extremely handsome and yet terrifying. Have our eyes become adjusted to darkness, adjusted to accept the father of lies, adjusted so we are deceived, blinded, and led captive? Or, they ha or have they adjusted so that we see Satan as the most subtle and terrifying of any beast? I met a young man one time. It was on a kayak trip in Arkansas on the Mulberry River. He was a good-looking, intelligent guy, full of conversation. Now remember, this was summertime, and we're in the water, and we uh, got out at this place called Campbell Cemetery. And I don't know why I was by myself, or if I was ahead or behind whoever was with me, but. I got out at the same time at that landing with that young man. And if he hadn't had, if he had had a shirt on, I would have never known. But after we had talked and we got it and we were pulling our boats up there, he turned around and on his back in big bold letters, it said Lucifer's apostle tattooed. So if a person a young guy can deceive me so easily. What think ye of Satan? Some things are too big to walk around, and some things are too tall to step over, and some of the gospel may not be fully understood but answering the calling voice of Christ cannot be overlooked. The coming of Christ to walk the earth again cannot be overlooked. And that coming of Christ to walk the earth again, it will be long before anyone ever sees a pile of empty clothes and people zapped away in a rapture. 
I have a question for you. I'm not going to call anybody's name, but whoever answers it, fine. How many times in the Bible and how many times in our additional Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants is the word rapture found? Pardon, sir? None. Thank you. Not once. So let's focus on answering the call of Christ and concern ourselves with his second coming before we think we're going to be spared any hardship and raptured out of here. On TV, there used to be a show, or maybe it's still on there, it was called uh, Doomsday Preppers. And survivalists that stockpiled guns and ammos and food, and they would even go as far as building underground shelters, preparing for the fall of society without guidance from God. And doing so in such a manner is like trying to convince people on a subject not with intelligent reasoning, but only by the use of brute force. The scripture is full of reasoning. Full of reasoning to persuade. It says, come, let us reason together. And in Matthew and in Luke, there is a warning from Christ, a warning that parallels to the recent COVID. And this is Matthew uh, eleven twenty six. I can't remember where it is in, in uh, or this is Luke eleven twenty six. I can't remember where it is in Matthew. We're starting twenty five. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man. It walks through dry places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when it cometh, it finds the house swept and garnished. Then goeth the evil spirit and takes seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last end of that man is worse than the first. What that is telling us is that when an evil is cast out of a man, let's go larger than a man. When that evil is cast out of mankind, that that evil that's cast out seeks to return the original COVID was almost eliminated. Remember a year, year and a half ago, the numbers were plummeting. People saying the epidemic of the pandemic is over. The affected dropping like a rock, but mankind did not fill itself with gratitude towards our heavenly father. It ignored him and said, trust in science. Trust in the arm of flesh. See what we have done. So mankind did not fill his house, his house with righteousness. And that evil spirit finding the house swept and clear, that evil returned and brought with him seven more devils and more COVID sickness. And the end result is worse than before. Ask the doctors and nurses, we are worse than we were two years ago. We are worse than we were last year. Soap and water wipes away virus. It wipes away germs and disease. But all the vaccinations, all the masks, all the social distancing, all the sheltering in place, and all of the many millions and millions of gallons of sanitizer has not stopped the additional seven spirits. It's more than just germs. It is more than just germs. There's a spiritual aspect to it. And Sharon 
perhaps you will remember this. The very first night that symptoms hit me, do you remember the next morning saying, me saying that there was something spiritual about this, something I'd never felt? Again, ask the doctors and nurses who deal with it every day. They readily agree there's some kind of entity here. Here are five additional variants, five spirits brought back with the original evil spirit. The first was the Gamma variant. It ravaged 10 countries. And then the Beta variant, it was 20 countries that it ravaged. The Alpha, 50 countries. And then the Delta variant, the one that I had, the biggest killer of all. And now the Omicron, or however you say it, 110 countries and climbing. And surely the other two will come. We are told by the word of God that when we see these things to be of good cheer, kind of hard to do, isn't it? To be of good cheer when we see these things. That we, the survivalists, the real survivalist, not only of the physical, but also the spiritual preppers. For us to look up and to be of good cheer. I can't do that yet. But it reminds me of a, uh, of a woman that I knew. She was rather short, maybe five foot at best. And she was fairly heavy set. But she had a heart of gold. And she had horses and they were gentle, dead broke. And she kept them for children to ride. And quite often she would trailer her large pets, we'll call them, to events and give free rides to, to the kids. And once she had a 15-year-old uh, boy that was born blind, he had no eyes. And who after he had ridden around being the horse being led and walked about, he told her he always wanted to be able to ride a galloping horse. So she, with her short, heavy legs, she told him, do you hang on tight? And then she took off running, leading that horse as fast as she could run. And she looked back, and the boy wasn't holding on. He put his arms out, and he was shouting, I'm soaring. I'm soaring. We, with our from the mouth of God, through the prophet of the church, revelation given to us. Who else on earth has that? We with our warnings and our forewarnings, we with the history of Christ in the Bible, we with the knowledge of some of the lost tribes of Israel and Christ being here in America, we with our memories, our memories of hayrides and high school football games, we with our Boy Scout hikes and our baseball teams and our summer camps and our parades, we who have felt this Holy Spirit so heavy, we have had glorious times and we are soaring. The New Testament tells us when we stand at judgment for even every idle word and that all of our past wrongs will be brought before us in a bright recollection, then surely, through the grace of God, we also will recall all the past, past wondrous wonders of our abundant life. And we are soaring. Just as sure as that boy could hold out his arms. We are soaring. And may the Lord watch over 
me and thee while we are absent one from another. Thank you, Roger, and thank each of you for being here. Wednesday night, prayer service, 7 o'clock. Hope to see you here. And we're going to close with the scene of hymn 220. And afterwards, Kenny, would you bring our benediction? 220.
looking for his recovery and that his health be fully restored, that he might bring us the message that you know we need to hear. And let us never be led by an evil spirit, but to seek out your spirit that we might end up in your kingdom, living with you and enjoying fruits of the Spirit all of our life, and that we might share those with others. In the name of our Son, Jesus.